Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. All right, listeners, are you ready to learn some actionable tips today that's going to make you more productive? Really, I'm asking, are you ready to become ridiculously efficient? Because today we're interviewing Marissa Brassfield, and she is a productivity expert. She's also a branding consultant and communication efficiency specialist who helps entrepreneurs and high-performance teams become ridiculously efficient. Marissa has worked with some of the most visionary entrepreneurs on the planet, including Peter Diamandis, who she works very closely with. Um, I talk about him a lot on the show, so you know that I am a big fan, and in turn, I am an extremely huge fan of Marissa, and she's just one of my favorite gals ever. Marissa's really done this tremendous job of dialing into the frustrations that these results-oriented, interrupt-driven individuals and entrepreneurs have with taking their ideas and turning them into action, and She just works with a lot of really elite performers, high achievers to be specific, and um, she puts together coaching programs and workshops that helps teams and entrepreneurs really scale their impact. And today's interview highlights what she's done in the past, what she's doing right now, her her brilliant skills, um, the tips that you're absolutely going to love. Um, she's just doing so many cool things and I'm so excited for you to hear about the little, the little things that you can do today, next week, just one little thing that will actually bring back some time for you. We talk about some strategies on how to take ideas, assign the right people and make those ideas happen instead of getting overwhelmed. A lot of us get really excited about the idea when we have them and then it kind of sits there and nothing ever happens. So what if you could actually make those ideas, especially if they're good ones, happen? I hope you enjoy this interview. Marissa's so super awesome, ridiculously awesome, and let's get ridiculously efficient. Marissa, welcome to the Get Genius Podcast. Thank you so much, Summer. It's a treat to be here. This is going to be a super treat for me and for our listeners because you're just, you're just so awesome. Like just as a person (laughs) and all of these like amazing things that you do and you're just like this bright, shiny light of awesomeness. So (laughs) I'm so excited for our audience to meet you and learn about you. Um, So to get started, can you give us kind of like the the story that led up to where you are now, like what were you doing 10 years ago? How did you get into productivity? Oh my goodness. So my life, I feel like my life began in a lot of ways 10 years ago. So uh, I was right out of university and I had just, so 10 years ago, I had just opened two restaurants in Atlantic City with the Star Restaurant Organization. And uh, I thought for sure I was going to be a uh, restaurant manager, but I had this journalism degree and there was this angst inside of me that said, you know, gosh, you're now you're starting to pay off these student loans and everything. You better, you better start using that degree. So I I returned uh, to Los Angeles. The East Coast was, you know, definitely not my thing. Um, but I was wanting to work more in line 
with my journalism degree. And at that time, you know, blogging and online content marketing was just getting going. So I found work there and that was an early thing. It was like, you know, people were just starting to set up commercial websites and stuff and think about having really rich blog content so that they could index better in search engines. So I start writing all these articles. And in those days it was keyword stuffing, but I pretended it was this fantastic, you know, <laughs> online journalism opportunity. But what it, what that ended up uh, making was just this really great portfolio of clips that I could actually use to get freelance writing in magazines and print magazines and stuff. So I started working with trendhunter.com, which uh, at the time that I joined was about a year old and had about 40,000 views a month. And I quickly found a foothold there in writing and editing for speed and volume. So between about 2008 and, you know, 2010, 11, 12, I wrote like 10,000 articles. Yeah. I edited 230,000 articles. And then the articles that I wrote, I don't know, 50 million views, something crazy like that. But the thing that I proudest of and the thing that really got me started was I created this training program with Trend Hunter that taught uh, fresh writers how to publish, write and publish a thousand articles in four months. And I took 25 writers successfully through that program. So it was, you know, totally repeatable. And that that experience identified something I loved, which was creating unique strategies to uh, increase efficiency and output in a really creative, innovative, entrepreneurial business. So I started using the phrase ridiculously efficient to brand my freelance services. And then, you know, my mom is in my ear going, you know, you got to incorporate, you got to, you know, start freelancing and, and doing this thing on your own. So I did. And in 2011, I started Ridiculously Efficient and began uh, working with lots of different types of entrepreneurs and, pro and problems. One of them, which is how you and I met Summer, with, yes. uh, was Peter Diamandis. And so in 2012, I began working with him. This was right after Abundance had hit the bestseller list and his speaking schedule was blowing up and he wanted to bring someone on to manage his online community. And as you know, you know that things went really, really fast after that. And he oh, goes, yeah. oh, well, you know, I, I'd love to have an event for entrepreneurs and, you know, I'm doing all this speaking to corporate audiences, but I want to work with entrepreneurs and mentor them and coach them. So we created the program that would eventually become Abundance 360. And at the time I had never run or organized an event. And now it's a multi-million dollar business with 250, you know, soon to be uh, 360 entrepreneurs just from all over the world doing amazing things. And we help teach them about the future of technology and how to prepare their businesses and their mindsets uh, for what's about to come, but also helping them turn their, their success into significance. So there it is again, tapping into uh, the problem that lets them create a bigger impact. So loving that. Um, what else? With Peter, I also helped build his his Skunk Works, which is effectively uh, the eight or nine millennials who uh, sort of orbit around Peter, support him throughout his businesses, but also work on a ton of experiments and, you know, spinning off business units and a lot of fun stuff there. So yeah, that's my last decade. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you, you got to give us, because I know a lot of our listeners know who Peter is. How cool is it to work with Peter? <laughs> What's so it like? It's, it's amazing. So I, I you know, I, I do get this question a lot. And the, the way I'll say it is uh, there is no autopilot with Peter. 
It's, you know, it's every day you are doing, you are thinking, you are working because he's bringing his A game and you better too. Right. And I love that. I love the challenge of working on really tough problems, thinking through things deeply and then still moving really quickly and entrepreneurially. But something, something I really want to say about Peter as a leader is he is an incredible mentor incredible. I have never seen someone so generous with uh, the the love and the time that he'll spend. So an example, we'll get off of a phone call and you know, maybe there's a negotiation or there's a conversation that happens. He'll explain what happened and why and why, you know, something happened so that we know for our next conversation and maybe it's a negotiation and we're more set up for success uh, in that example. Another really great one, you know, he's phenomenal uh, front stage and in interviews. And I've gotten so many fabulous speaking and interview tips simply by asking like, hey, so what what do you do when they ask you something that, you know, you don't want to answer? Right. And so I've gotten so much, uh, so much guidance and mentorship from Peter just in doing my work with him. So it, it, the fun part, the best part is when I feel like, uh, you know, I'm getting paid for for uh, valuable experience and mentorship that I would have paid for, you know? Yeah. And, and it's so just working with him when we've done videos or just speaking with him about things that we are passionate about. He's so open and willing to share and help in any way he can. As soon as he sees what the cause is for, I mean, he puts in that, that time investment and he's just, he's always with you. He's not somebody that you're talking to and he's, you know, drifting, like you said, never on autopilot. It's, it's really mm-hmm. incredible. The amount of energy he has is. <laughs> it's insane. insane. It's insane. <laughs> so let's go back to ridiculously efficient. I love, I just love that, that term ridiculously efficient. And it just makes you kind of, it invokes a feeling, just those two words. Tell us more about what it is and who it's for. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, I've played around with Ridiculously Efficient a ton uh, over the last decade. And ultimately, no matter how I experiment, it's a mindset. And it's a mindset that enables you to do your best work and live your best life. So things, you know, it's not about a system like getting things done or individual apps or tools. It's like, it's figuring out how to unlock your own greatness so you can use that power to get whatever you want. And everybody's path is different. So for me, Ridiculously Efficient is, has always been about achievement. So it's definitely for high achievers. So that's entrepreneurs. It's team members in an entrepreneurial startup, um, even top performers in a corporate setting. The sorts of folks who just default to leadership and are always sort of thrown in those leadership positions. Totally. Do you think that with entrepreneurs, it's difficult for them to to stay efficient? Because a, a lot of entrepreneurs have kind of that mind that's that's you know chasing all of these different ideas. One hundred percent. And so part of it is you know a lot of entrepreneurs are interrupt driven. And so there are all this this sort of shiny new object syndrome, and there's so many opportunities 
available to seize and capitalize on. And that's what's great about entrepreneurs. The kicker is uh, it's often difficult to keep those maintaining processes and business units going because they're just not as interesting. It's not as interesting to do the thing 500 times right. uh, versus going and pursuing a new business opportunity or in Peter's co- in Peter's case, creating a new company uh, rather than you know spending time and focusing on one. And I, I kind of love that. So one of the things that I've, I've loved focusing on is uh, just that sort of radical self-discovery of what my strengths and skills are and what my places and areas of greatest contribution are. And I call them superhero skills. Dan Sullivan and the strategic coach team call them unique ability. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just the concept that there are some activities that you do way, way better than others. And then there are other activities that you do that just completely drain your energy almost right away. Yes. So I figure out what I love doing and, you know, so entrepreneurs, same deal. And then I try and create what I call a justice league. So effectively a small group of superheroes whose superhero skills are completely different from yours. And in that way, you can kind of shuffle around the tasks that you know you need to do, but you may not personally need to do. And then you're left to focus on the things that you're great at. And you're playing your position, but your team members are also playing their position. And everything sort of gets done in a way that is much faster, resource, you know, less resource intensive, less bandwidth intensive. So faster, easier, better, and a lot of times cheaper. Yeah. So how does somebody go about implementing that if that is not what they're good at? The first thing I do is ask for help. And, you know, I I default to teamwork because my entire life has been about teamwork. I mean, I, I played softball for about 18 years, wow. including uh, at the division one level with the University of Pennsylvania. So it's wow. I have always, always been in a team setting. So for me and I, I was a pitcher, too. So for a pitcher, it's, you know, pitcher and catcher and then the entire rest of the field. There is no there's no survival or success without a team. So for me, the first, first step is to figure out like, okay, what in this am I great at? What in this seems like an energizing, exciting problem to solve for me personally? Dive into that. And then I figure out what other elements I need in the recipe. And sometimes it's just asking, you know, your team around you, hey, here's this problem. What's, what advice do you have to solve it or what ideas let's, let's brainstorm and rally around this. So, you know, entrepreneurs often have a team of superheroes. They just don't know what all the superhero skills are, but I've also, I mean, I've tapped in friends as a freelancer. It's, you know, it's friends who are working at other organizations on their businesses. Hey, let's rally on this project or, Hey, do you want to collaborate on this together? I love that. And I think one thing, and you can tell me what, what you think of this, a little exercise, and I think we've done something similar in Strategic Coach and in, in Genius Network with Joe Polish, is getting out. I'm a list person. I know not everybody is, but I love lists because then I can see what, you know, what needs to get done. And then oftentimes you can look at that list and realize, like you said, what is not making me excited? What is not fueling me? Do I absolutely hate doing? And then just looking at that. And then suddenly like it becomes so clear that that you know the person who can actually handle that. But when it's all kind of like together and this whole thing that you have to do, you think that only you can do it. But when you can outsource it, 
to somebody. And for me, that just seems to work when it's just like, you know, get this, um, get a database together of all of our, or a list together of all of our top clients, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, wait a minute, I don't have to do that. I've got a team of people who work with those clients every single day who knows exactly who they are and can pull that together just like that. 100%. And, you know, I think even people without teams, there's a a wealth of crowd websites online like Upwork or Fiverr Mm -hmm. where you can just think about the capability and the expertise you need and then the problem you have to solve and then have them worry about it. Exactly. I love that. We we work with a lot of VAs. We have our in-house team, but then there's also some things that even are too maybe tedious or, you know, aren't really what they thrive in. And so we outsource it to a VA who that's all they're doing all the time. It's yeah. So what's your, what has been your mission with Ridiculously Efficient? What is it that makes you warm and fuzzy? (laughs) For me, for me, what makes people warm and fuzzy is when people see and feel like they're on the way to reaching their potential, not just what they might think is possible for them within the parameters of their job or their role or their, you know, age or location. But really, if all those sort of social restrictions were removed, what would you go after? What would that moonshot be in Peter's words? What would that enormous, massively trans, like, what would you go and do if you didn't have the limitations on you that you think you have? And then how can you still do that while operating in your current reality? Ah, interesting. Yeah. There is always, always a way to improve and stretch and improve your lifestyle in any given direction. It's just a matter of creativity. So earlier when you were talking about, you know, people really finding out what that greatness is, what is that process? Is that something that happens after they've either delegated or um, have become more productive in the things that they realize they enjoy? Or is there something that you take them through where they start, where they realize that? You know, it's a bit of a journey for sure. A couple of tools that I really love are uh, the Colby Index A, of course, to measure your your cognitive instincts. So how yes. you how you naturally strive in four different operating modes. So that, you know, that kind of is a start. I build on that with the Strengths Finder. And that one from Gallup is just measures your top five strengths. So I think about the dimensions of leadership. And then, you know, it, I, I get in conversations with folks. I see that sorts of work that they're doing. I kind of pick their brains about what gives them energy and what takes it away, what sorts of projects feel really impactful and fun and energizing and which activities don't. And then sort of with that, those data points, with that conversation, we start to put together suggestions and little experiments. And then it's sort of an iterative process where, okay, what if, what if 50% of your week was this, and then, you know, 20% of your week was this, and you made these little shifts and, you know, it's, and then we check back in a week later, how did that feel? What went right? What went wrong? Uh, where'd you get stuck? Oh, what if we tried this? And then it just keeps going and going. And then eventually we get to a place where, uh, there's some radical honesty on both sides, you know, Yes, <laughs> and we've made some discoveries and, uh, and are ready to make some, you know, some tough decisions about, um, how folks spend their time. What are some of the greatest transformations you've seen? 
Wow. So I'm going to call out a buddy here. She runs a, uh, she runs the thought for food foundation and, uh, her name is Christine gold. And we started working together initially on content. She wanted to build a thought leadership presence. And we, uh, started talking about a blog cadence and what her unique perspective was and how she wanted to differentiate. And uh, one of the things that she kept bringing up was some of were some of her entrepreneurial mentors who were the traditional sort of visionaries with gravitas that walk on the stage and just have this epic presence. And here she is, you know, this bubbly, vivacious young woman um, who is you know, she loves Lady Gaga and she loves pop music and she is not that tech CEO that she maybe thought she wanted to be. And so we started kind of, uh, butting heads a bit about the, the content and the, uh, the specific ways that we would use her words because she's going, well, I want a little more gravitas. And I said, one day I said, we've got to find your flavor of gravitas. So we looked at her Colby, we looked at her, her strengths finder, and, you know, her, her top five were all, you know, communication, woo, which is winning others over, empathy. And I'm going, wait a minute, this is somebody who, for her audience, the best service and leadership that she can provide, and her, her audience is 8,000 next generation, so uh, they're still in university or they've just graduated school and are fresh into their careers. I mean, that's her audience yeah. uh, of young entrepreneurs who are hoping to tackle big problems in food security and you know figure out the solutions that help us solve uh, hunger and nutrition, malnutrition all over the world. So I thought, what wouldn't it be wonderful if your flavor of gravitas is simply you communicating how special it is that, that how the next generation thinks and innovates and how you believe in them and all the evidence you've seen uh, of them making an impact. Because some of the entrepreneurs and startups that come out of her competition, I mean, they're, they're making incredible progress in, in all these creative ways in solving food security that I would have never thought of. So you're, you're doing something pretty special for this summit, aren't you? I am. So we are running this, uh, we are running an epic, epic little workshop uh, this year and it's master the art of lifestyle hacking with ridiculously efficient. So I've got my team going out and we're doing a, a little workshop where we're taking these guys through uh, what their ideal life might look like and how they can create freedom for themselves while they build their businesses uh, and their startups. And so kind of fr from first principles operating in a ridiculously efficient way. Oh my gosh, it, that's so cool. Like what a great experience that's going to be. So you have other workshops that you do, is that correct? I do. Yeah. So we, there's the five steps to being ridiculously efficient, which is the one I'm doing in Amsterdam. And it's kind of the, the five step process to get through the mindset. Then there, I also do a lot of corporate uh, team communication and productivity. We talk about email, we talk about organizational communication, uh, the right roles for the job, uh, workflows, cadences, dashboards, stuff like that. I also work with uh, entrepreneurs and their sort of right-hand team members. And for there, it's optimizing their communications and workflows. So I'll work a lot with like a leader and a chief of staff or an entrepreneur and assistant or an entrepreneur and the you know lead project manager. And just figuring out really tightening up their communication and how they can sort of offload work to each other and create more freedom for themselves. 
<laughs> so in, are these workshops that do you have to have um, match or meet a certain criteria in order to get involved? You know, it's it's definitely a conversation to figure out if it's the right team and the right fit. There are some teams that I know for sure I can make dramatic impact in. And then there are others where it's it's very, very simple, you know, hire this person, fire that person and, and do more of this and less of that. And so those, you know, I, I won't necessarily take those uh, take those opportunities, but I will always, you know, provide help. And so are these like a day long workshop, two days, a week long? How long are they usually? Typically, if I'm going into a team setting for a, you know, a standard workshop, four hours, half day or a full day. And then if it's something with, uh, so I work inside of a, a handful of startups a year. And in those cases, it's a very special, I I usually already have the relationship. It's, uh, you know, someone whose mission I'm personally devoted to, um, I'm, I'm emotionally engaged in their impact. And so in those cases, you know, then it's, um, we sort of create a custom arrangement. I love that. And I love the fact that you said it's, you're getting involved with companies that are really meaningful to you. I have to get excited about this too, you know? Oh yeah, Exactly. (laughs) But the funny thing is, is that, you know, I I think for most people (laughs) when beginning the life of an entrepreneur, I think a lot of people have gone down that path where they're doing, you know, involving themselves in projects, whatever their service is that they don't really connect with. Because at that time, it's more about like, this is what I've got to do. What an amazing place it is to be when you can actually say no to certain projects, but also be, you know, in demand that people want to work with you and share something that they're so passionate about and that's so special to them and have you be involved in that. And I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a ton of gratitude because I, I have such wonderful clients that I've worked with for multiple years and there's, you know, there's an incredible relationship and bond. I genuinely feel, I mean, like Peter is family. We are family. Yes. So there is, I love those sorts of relationships. And so, you know, you don't, you don't pick up family right away. So it's, uh, I sort of take that approach and that, that we've got to fall in love a little bit, you know? Right. Totally. So now for some of our listeners who are like, well, I want to learn more about Ridiculously Efficient, but maybe they're not going to be going to a workshop or maybe they're not going to um, be working with you and and you are not going to be coming to help their team get Ridiculously Efficient. Do you have other tools that are available just for for the general public? Completely. So if you head to RidiculouslyEfficient.com or Efficient.af, Uh, I've got a, an awesome newsletter where every week I send out a handwritten note with just one thing to focus on that week to become more effective. And a lot of folks write me every week and they go, Oh, I I did that thing. I did the one thing. And it's really neat to see how people from all over the world are interpreting these notes and applying them in their lives. And uh, so that's a fun one. And then we have the efficiency lab, which we're getting ready to launch in June. And this is going to be a monthly experiment where we have a radical lifestyle experiment that you can try out yourself and a tool that goes along with it to help you kind of think through the process and capture your insights. And then we'll have a monthly webinar to, uh, you know, sort of distill and have live Q&A and this will all be free. So June 1st, that begins. And, uh, but that'll be all on Ridiculously Efficient and lots of, uh, 
promo there when the time comes. That is so cool. And so I love it. Okay. One thing you mentioned, the handwritten note, and I have seen these. What what made you decide to send it out? It's, it comes in an email, but it's a picture of a handwritten note. What made you decide to do that? So I think it's brilliant. <laughs> I thank you. So I love I love the power of handwritten notes. You know, it's so uh, it's so rare these days to get something either in the mail or handwritten. You know, even the cards now you can type them out or have uh, you know a handwriting machine sort of printed out for you. I think it's really special and beautiful to know that someone took the time to write something out by hand. It, it denotes love. It denotes care. It denotes thoughtfulness. And I, I believe all those things, you know, all, all these notes, it's like, all right, what is genuinely one thing that I hope people do this week to become better human beings? Yeah. And then I figure I just, I wrote these love notes, you know, and yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted to start with one, one love note a week or one note a week to help people become more effective. And then I go, I don't want to stop after a year. I want to do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just kept going and made that the newsletter. When you get new ideas or there's something new that you want to launch, what is your process to get that started and up and running? So if I think first, I, I think about the firstest fast step, like what is the firstest fast step? So I know that Dan Sullivan, for example, would do an impact filter on the idea to mm -hmm. see if it is, uh, if he can sell himself on the idea and if it feels important. And that's a really great tool. Uh, for me, I kind of sketch it. I, I figure out what the MVP is in my mind. Like, okay, if I, if I want to launch the efficiency lab, what what is that? What is the MVP of that? I build, and then for me, I've got to build. So I've, I'm building the landing page. I'm writing the copy. And if I'm not excited about it, I know it's, I know I'm going to run out of steam before I actually get to launch it. So for me, if I, if I can start building it, start creating the frameworks, you know, thinking about the schedules and what needs to happen to make it true. If I can really dig into the logistics and the strategy and the foundation, I know I've got something. And then if I can get the more creative members on my team involved and engaged, I know that they're going to be, you know, if I can sell them on it and they're excited as I am about it, but for their own reasons, okay, we've got something good. Yeah. The impact filter is so valuable. Eric and I use it for, for every kind of idea that we have. And we actually kept a notebook of them just so we could see the old ideas, the ones that we thought, nope. That's not going to fly. And it's so cool for those of you listening who don't know what that is, um, just a very like brief um, description is you kind of go, you, you put down your idea on paper and you ask yourself what the best case scenario is, what the worst case scenario is, what is the, what are the success criteria? So what does it look like once this idea is complete and what has to be true? What has to be, um, what has to be true for it to be a success and to match that best case scenario? And a lot of times you'll do it and you'll go, oh yes, this is it. I believe in this. This is going to be awesome. And then sometimes you go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe that was just fun to talk about, you know, over coffee. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's just an energizing conversation. (laughs) That's not even going to make the not to do now list. We'll do it later. It's not going to make any list anyways, but it's, it is, it's like, it's so cool to, to put those things down on paper. And then of course you take it further. Like you said, so, okay, well, here are the things, here's the first step to, to doing this and who can I have help me? And you can assign, you know, who's, who's going to help you do this. And it becomes less overwhelming when when you do have that idea, it's not like, oh my gosh, how are we going to make that happen? You start to realize how possible it is. For sure. And then, you know, I think about projects that I do not initiate, like I don't create the idea, but I initiate the teamwork and the actual uh, making the thing happen. And in those cases, I'll often receive an impact filter. And then my version of that is, okay, I look at the ideal outcome as it as it stands for the project as a whole, one from the impact filter I'm reading, but also with the, my flavor of uh, the context of the team and everything else. And then I kind of go from there and I, I mediate between what that ideal vision is and then what we can actually achieve with the resources, the time, the team, the money, the everything else, uh, and what's actually feasible to make happen based on that ideal. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's all a gray area, but, uh, yeah. What do you think the biggest mistake, um, entrepreneurs make in following through with an idea? The biggest one that I personally am thinking is that they assume and they're, they may assign it to one person to be the point person, but not adequately set expectations around that thing. Mm. Yeah. So as an example, that, that entrepreneur might give, might give a team member a, an idea that team member might also be balancing 15 or 20 other ideas and projects and doesn't know where to rank and sort this one with everything else. So a big danger uh, for some is that it goes right to the back of the pile or, well, I got to finish these things and then I can think about that idea. Or worse, it goes to the top of the pile and, okay, wait, I've got to stop everything and do this now. But maybe for the entrepreneur, that idea was simply an idea and it could happen at any time, a couple months from now or next week. But because of that uh, expectation being missed of timing and responsiveness or timeliness to act on that idea, they can sort of throw off the rhythm and balance of everything else. Right. And it's, it's that feeling of it, it's so harder. It's so much harder to execute on something when you're not clear on those mm-hmm. directives. Yeah. One thing that Peter's talked about is um, teams working in isolation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something so fascinating. And I know that you're familiar with this. I'd love for our listeners to hear and understand that concept. Tremendously. So the fun part of a skunk works is that that isolationist. You're you're away from the sort of immune response of the larger organization. So some of the funny and because you're away from that immune response, you can be free to dare to dream and and think up crazy ideas. So one of the ways that we'll do this and and so fun fact, I have worked 100% remotely my entire professional career. Uh, there was eight months where I worked in a restaurant and that was, you know, obviously physically showing up to a location every day, but I've never done it since. 
never done it since. So always worked from home, always worked with remote teams, always worked with fully remote teams. So ridiculously efficient. Our team of contractors is uh, split throughout North America. And then uh, PhD Ventures, so Peter's team, we are all in Los Angeles, but in various parts of Los Angeles. And for anybody who's know, who knows L.A., it, you know, you can be 20 miles away and, and effectively two and a half hours away. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <same> <laughs> so true. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I love the... Um... I love that people, you know, we're that way too. I mean, we do have, we do have our awesome uh, office in, in Salt Lake City is where our headquarters are and we have our amazing production team there, but we've got writers, voiceover artists. Um, we have people that are literally not just all over the country, but all over the world. And, um, people will ask sometimes, how can you and Eric have a business together, but you're in different states? <laughs> very easily. <laughs> uh, very, very easily. Exactly. I'm like, we could be anywhere. I mean, he's, he's on his way to Japan right now and it's going to be just fine. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. One of my favorite moments uh, a couple of years ago is we, uh, my husband and I took advantage of a fair sale. Emirates had this crazy sale and it was Los Angeles to uh, Thailand through Dubai. And it was two tickets in, I think, premium economy for like 15, 16, 1700 bucks. So we pounced on it. And so here we are. And, and it's one of those things where you buy the fair and you don't even know, you figure out the details later. Right. And but what I loved about it was Kelly, my right hand at PhD Ventures, was in Los Angeles, and here I was in Thailand. So we were effectively on completely opposite schedules. And I would wake up in the morning as she was ending her day, and we'd kind of connect. And she would give me sort of a set of to do's, oh, this came in and need help on this or working on this. And then I'd work on it during the day or during my day in, in Thailand. And then at the end of my day was the start of her day. And I would just, and we just started passing the ball back and forth on the same project. And I thought, oh my God, this is the closest we've ever come to a 24 hour workforce where everyone gets eight hours of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, that's, it's, it can totally be done. <laughs> what a world. So let's give, let's give everyone listening some actionable things that they could do this week maybe some of the ones that you've, you've sent recently, uh, maybe like three of them, uh, to help them become more productive? Yeah. So how I think about this is, you know, first it's, I think about making data-driven decisions. So a lot of us, especially when it comes to our lifestyle and our everyday routine and the sort of things that are autopilot, we forget to manage our own performance. And the way I think about, about it is I'm a huge sports fan. I love baseball. I love basketball. And I always think about the statistics and the rich, robust statistics that they have on every single player in seemingly every single uh, scenario. But the great thing about all of that data is they know if a player is in this exact situation by this by the numbers, they're probably, you know, going to perform like this. But when you think about that for your own behavior, that's pretty useful information to know when you might be distracted or what times of day you're most effective or the times of day where it's uh, really great for you to be in conversations or in sales conversations or physically meeting someone versus the days where uh, your your brain is frazzled or the parts of the day where 
it's much tougher to put sentences together or be engaging or be warm. And having that and using that data to intelligently structure your day and your week. A lot of folks just reactively go through the day. They'll start out and start right out with email and, you know, react and respond to whatever they get. And there, there isn't that moment of stepping back and going, wait a minute, let me take control of my time and my day. Let me take control of my performance and the results that I need to produce. So that's for sure. The, the fastest and easiest thing to figure out is whether you're a morning person or, uh, you know, mid afternoon or a late evening or a, a, a night owl, and then optimizing some of your most important work to happen in that day part. That's a really easy one. You can block it out with a meeting for yourself where you have just a one hour standing meeting a week uh, for you to focus on something important for yourself. It could be as easy as if you're exhausted uh, at the end of the day and you know that you want to work out, but you're a morning person, maybe wake up a little bit earlier and use that first hour of your day on yourself. Maybe you're working out that hour. And treat it like an actual meeting that you have to be showing up for schedule it. Yeah. Yeah. Schedule it. And then the second thing, you know, find, I always think about finding your flavor of efficiency. So the thing that you're doing, that's really easy for you to do fast and well, and find a really fun way to continuously optimize that skill. So for me, it's writing and editing. And one of the fun things I'll do is if I know I have a day uh, where I have a set amount of writing work to do. So one example, I edit Abundance Insider, uh, which is Peter's newsletter that goes out every Friday. We talk about the biggest technology breakthroughs that are happening uh, and why they matter for entrepreneurs. So I curate that issue and I edit it. And so every Thursday I've got, you know, this set amount of work that I know I need to do. I will gamify it for time. I will gamify it for creativity. I will gamify it for diversity. I pick a different thing every week and I just, I set a little timer and I try and make it fun. I make up all these little games all day long. That's awesome. Just to get the things that I love to do. And it just, it feels you've got a little smile on your face and then there's a little reward sometimes even. Right. I love that. That's, that's a great one. And number three. Number three, figure and f- add one person to your Justice League. This is honestly the the fastest and easiest thing is just finding someone with a complementary superpower to yours or finding one, identifying one task that takes energy away from you and then simply reassigning it to someone else, whether that's someone from the crowd, a virtual assistant, a team member, a friend who are, who, you know, who you're bringing on uh, to work with you in, in a, maybe it's an accountability buddy or uh, a workout buddy. Maybe you're using your spouse to reinforce some mindset habits or some daily habits you're wanting to do in your day. That is great. I love that. And I love how you call it a Justice League. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because, you know, if you think about the Justice League, there are some problems where you need Batman. Yeah. Uh, you You need a detective. And then there are some problems that only the Incredible Hulk can solve. Totally. But if you if you put the Incredible Hulk in, you know, when you need a detective, uh, that's that's not going to be, you know, successful. Yep. And I think um, that's something common that people see. Unfortunately, they learn after or fortunately because they make the change. But 
um, they learn after they realize oh, that person wasn't best suited for that role, which is why, like you mentioned earlier, Strengths Finders and Colby, um, I know that, that you do that with, with people that you work with, and Eric and I do that as well, so that we know ahead of time where somebody is going to thrive. And that is so important. It makes it so much easier to go, oh, we know exactly who can you know, lead this project or who should be in charge of this part of this project. Yeah. And it comes down to results. It comes down to the people that are best equipped to produce the best results the fastest. Right. And enjoy doing it. If they're, mm-hmm. if they're actually, you know, <laughs> this is, this is where they feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marissa, this has been so awesome. Ridiculously awesome. Um, I think there's just <laughs> so many great, so many great, you know, tools and things that you've talked about that um, obviously those those three actionable things that you you just gave us are so great. And if you sign up for Marissa's newsletter, you will get those handwritten notes. And they're so it's just so cool because first of all, I know that you hand wrote it, and it's this cool picture, and it shows up as soon as you open your email, and it's like, oh my gosh, that's so easy. I can totally do that. And it's so funny how it's just one little thing like that each week. You you see a difference in in the time that you get back, and it just. It's just one of those things that makes you feel good. Scheduling that hour of time, things like that. It's just, it, it, it really impacts your life. So thank you for sharing all of those things. Um, I want to remind people to go to ridiculouslyefficient.com. Um, Marissa, you named a few others. If you just want to shout those out again, and we'll make sure to have all of these um, noted in the show notes as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Efficient.af is simply, it just redirects to ridiculously efficient. Sometimes folks uh, have an easier time spelling that and especially on mobile and everything. Yeah. Um, and then Abundance Insider, you can sign up at diamandis.com, D-I-A-M-A-N-D-I-S.com. And uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Marissa. This has been awesome. Thank you, Summer. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You're home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests.